0: I'll tell you what, we, the first service was off the charts.
1: It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome.
0: But here's what um, we want to do before we do anything past this moment. Um, I want to, as a business person and you as a pastor, um, I want to apologize to you, and I want to ask you to check your heart right now, if you would. Um, have I ever said anything critical of my pastor. Just think about it for a minute. Oh, that sermon, that, his wife, what he wore, his, the car he drives. Not hanging around pastors all the time. It happens all the time. And I'll tell you what, as a coach, if you're going to be on a team, the last thing we need on the team is somebody on the team criticizing the other players on the team, David knew with Saul, even way back when, and David had all the rights in the world to take Saul out, he knew do not touch the Lord's anointed. A pastor in a priestly role is the Lord's anointed. So I want you to just check your heart, like I'm going to check my heart, and I'm going to apologize on behalf of congregations to you as a pastor and say I'm sorry for hurting you, for criticizing you, for thinking I can do it better than you,
1: and I want to say to you, David, that all too often us, I want to repent before the Lord and apologize to you because all too often us pastors have thought that ministry only took place in the four walls of this church and that ministry, we never, we never even thought about ministry happening outside the four walls. And so because of that, we have asked you to be part of what we're doing instead of releasing you into what God created you to do in the marketplace so in that way I also want to repent and I want to apologize to you thank you
0: yeah. do that in your heart if you haven't already Okay. here's the guy that drives the pastor nuts it's a guy like me inside his local church with lots of gifts and skills but I'm inside the local church and I'm telling him how to do everything driving him crazy oh I could get that done faster I, we could do all, where am I supposed to be out in the marketplace. I'm supposed to be out here on the outside of the four walls of the church. As soon as a guy like me gets released into the marketplace, released by my pastor out into the city under the cover of my pastor out into the region, I begin to function and move the way I was created to function and I'm no longer bitter, frustrated, and upset in my local church.
1: Right? Yeah, and I think that way too many of you here think, when you think of spiritual things, you think it only happens in the life of the church when in reality... There are incredible things of God that happen out in the marketplace, that happen at school, that happen at businesses, that happen out in the marketplace, that God wants to do in and through you in amazing ways that will never take place unless you understand that God actually wants to work in and through you out in the marketplace. And that's part of what today is all about. Um, And we just pray that Holy Spirit would speak to you. Maybe uh, let's talk about when we first met. Um, Yeah, should we do that? Yeah, you want me to start? So uh, my wife and I married way over my head. Uh, I don't deserve the wife that I have, but I married way over my head. And my wife's name is Mary. Mary and I moved to Madison, Wisconsin 20 years ago uh, to plant a church. And uh, when we moved here, someone told me, hey, there's this business guy out there who knows Jesus and loves Jesus. And uh, he might be willing to help write a check for you to help start planting this church. And so uh, I... Fumbled around and finally got uh, the name of this guy's name was Dave Gary. And I said, well, I want to try and get in his orbit. And uh, so I called him and asked him if he would have lunch with me. And he saw me a mile away. He knew what I wanted. And uh, so I showed up at his doorstep at the East Side Princeton Club. And uh, we wa- he said, why don't we go to lunch? So we walked across the street to the Culver's. And, uh, so we're, and of course I'm doing my best pitch that I can do about why his money would be well spent in our church plant. I mean, I'm just being a jerk. Can we just say it? I'm just being a jerk. and because I just say, hey, maybe, you know, he might write us a check for $100. And that would be great. And, uh, and so we're walking across the street to Culver's, and we get in Culver's, and we order, and then we sit down. And I'm doing all the talking up to this point, which is stupid, but I'm doing all the talking up to this point. And then we get across the street to Culver's, and we're sitting out in our booth, and then.
0: Well, Chris asked me what was I thinking. And from the moment we left the front door, and I was at work. Keep that in mind. The pastor came to me. I was at work. At, at in out in the marketplace and he came to me and i we walked across the street the whole time across the holy spirit put one question in my heart and i didn't want to ask it to him because i did just met him a couple minutes earlier like i can't ask it it's so rude i can't believe out but it wasn't in, it wasn't me i knew it wasn't see i i don't hear god in my ears i don't know if you do i, I don't hear anything you much, much in, in your ears, ears anymore. anymore
1: no <laughs>
0: But somewhere between my chest and my belly button, somewhere in here, I have a knowing because I'm born again and I'm spirit-filled and I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to my heart. You understand what I mean? That, that's where I hear. So where I hear on the way across the street or the way, place I know is this question. Whose kingdom did you come into this city to build? Yours or his? His? And the Spirit of God fell. I mean, we were in Culver's. It was embarrassing, you guys. I mean, it was the Spirit of God fell in Culver's. It was so awesome. Because right away, in a heartbeat, you knew the hand of God is on this man.
1: So now. I just began to weep. I began to cry. Because I knew he had just read my mail. And a marketplace person is speaking into the life of a pastor. And in a very loving way, asking me, what are my motives? And it was a beautiful exchange, and all of a sudden, God is speaking through me in a powerful way, speaking to a pastor, a marketplace person, is speaking to the pastor's life, and like, oh my goodness! And then, uh, you know, I, we're not going to eat anymore because I'm crying. I look like a bumbling idiot. So, uh, we put our stuff in the trash, and we start walking back to the Eastside Club. And so we're walking back, and so
0: I took him back across the street to the health club. So we're walking across the street, and on the way back, I talked about three different things that relate to God's kingdom, all right? Now, this is what I did next. I walk in the front door of the club, and I turn the corner, and I go into my brother Ted's office. You guys, Ted was here a couple weeks ago, did a great job speaking. I went into, yeah, he's here this morning.
1: Now, remember, I've just met Dave like 45 minutes before that, and I I don't know his brother at all, so. So I walk him into the club, I walk him around the corner,
0: Ted's door is open. Ted's in his office. I said, hey, Ted, I was wondering, could I introduce you to someone and would you pray for him? This is Chris, and he came in to have a meeting with me. He's talking about maybe doing a church plant. And Ted is like, yeah, sure. So I look at you and I go, it's been great meeting you. We'll see you later. <laughs> okay, you guys have fun. I'll call you later on, all right? <laughs> and I left. I left. I went to the Westside Side Princeton Club. I left
1: the building. I left. Now, so I sit in Ted's office. This is the first time I've ever had the privilege of telling this story to Ted uh, when Ted's in the room. But I have to say this just before I go on. And then we'll go right back to this. Uh, it's such a privilege for me to be at City Church this morning. Um, I've prayed for this church for 20 years uh, but never had the privilege of being in this church. Can I just say that this church is an incredible lighthouse to the community of Madison. And I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you. And um, I'm humbled that Pastor Tom would allow uh, me on on this stage. I really, really am. So, um, so Dave leaves and he's gone, and now I'm sitting in Ted's office, who I just met, and uh, and Ted starts praying for me. Catch this in the marketplace. A pastor in the marketplace now, way out of my league. Ted starts praying for me, and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in Ted's office in the marketplace there that day. True story. Um, true story. So then, uh, but the, the weird thing, well, I'm not the weird, but the, the cool thing was is that Ted, when he starts praying for me before I'm back, he starts praying the exact three things that Dave had just said to me on the way. And I'm like, do, do they have like microphones and little earpieces that I don't know? Like what is going on here? Cause I just didn't have any awareness of the fact that the power of the Holy Spirit could do that in the marketplace, outside the four walls of a church. And so uh, I get baptized in the Holy Spirit. A couple hours later, I call Dave. And uh, I just said, Dave, did you and your brother talk? And go ahead, you can. No, yeah, he did. He was wondering, you know, he wanted to know because
0: obviously the, the gift of the prophetic was functioning. And he, he was like all of us the first time that happens, like, okay, well, hang on a sec. I need to find out, did somebody say something to somebody? Well, I left and shook your hand and left. And I had no time to talk to Ted at all. So no, I didn't talk to him. But what was really fun is to watch, to see the hand of God on this man. You could just tell right away. And the really fun thing for my brother and I was we were at work. Yep. Is it possible that we can function outside the four walls?
1: Hallelujah. Right? It's supposed to happen. It's yeah, it supposed was, to happen.
0: It was off the charts. Cool.
1: Yeah. So there are, we could be here today for four hours, but you'd... Um, you don't want that. Uh, Well, you might, but we're not going to go that long. Um, So we want to, we just want to tell you a couple stories. um, And Dave's going to launch into a story now, but just before he does, I just want to say this to you. You're going to hear right now an incredible story about uh, God working in in a man's life. But can I just tell you God loves each and every one of you and wants to work in your life in unique ways, just like he works in Dave's life and like he works in mine. But here's the thing. Um, please understand, uh, there's, I'm as old as dirt, right? So I'm 54 years old. Uh, way back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, there was this movie called Matrix, and there's this scene in Matrix where Ophiost looks and just says, do you think that's air you're breathing? In the same way, if you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ, I would humbly say to you, do you think that's life you're living? Because there's a whole dimension of living that money and men and women and sex can, and cannot bring you until you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ and he transforms you and brings you a whole new level of living and our heart is that you wouldn't leave this place or you wouldn't stop watching this online until you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ because that's what unlocks all that God has for you. And God has amazing things for you. You're going to hear a story right now, but those kind, these kinds of kingdom life stories only happen when we're in a relationship with Jesus Christ and obedient to him. So don't miss that. I know you think you've got a great life. You don't have, if you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ yet, you're missing out on so much. That God has for you, please move into that. I beg you, move into all that God has for you. So let's talk about when God first started moving in and through you in the marketplace. Let's go back to the early days of that.
0: Well, I'm 100% on board with you about knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. When I was 12 years old, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. My mom led me to Christ. My mom was a prophetic intercessor before any of you ever heard that word, prophetic intercessor, including me and including my mom including lots of pastors. It was kind of something that was being released and happening. And she just, she got baptized in the Holy Spirit and began attending this church. I've been coming to this church since I was 19 years old. That, 40 years. That's a long time. Well, the beauty of being born again is that the Spirit of God comes inside of you so he can help you navigate. And that's what he's done in my life. And so so, as I share a couple stories here, I want to make sure you understand that I'm not telling you this is what Dave Gary did and I had a really smart idea and I think I'll do this and I think I'll go this way. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying I listened to the Holy Spirit and he led me. I'll give you a perfect example of listening to the Holy Spirit more recently. Several years, well, 10 years ago or so, I began to have interns The very first, one of them is sitting in the room. Andy Haugen was one of my very first interns. Today, he's the president of the Princeton clubs. But Andy was one of my first interns. The Lord wanted me to teach on the life of David. I did this for five or six summers in a row, three interns. And you would know all the kids if I mentioned all of them, but you would know them. And they stayed with me all week long, went to the places I went. What was interesting to me was, he wanted me to teach them on the life of David, and I couldn't understand why. Why? I mean, okay, cool, I get it. Why not on Jesus? I mean, what? what why am I teaching? And then I began to realize something, that David had three anointings on his life. He was a prophet, he was a priest, and he was a king. Prophetic, priestly, kingly. And I want you to think about that for a minute as I tell these stories, because Each part of that, prophet, priest, and king is in these stories. But the first story, I'd like to, if you don't mind, if I can just, because I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pastor, so I just tell you some stories. But my first one was my first introduction into the marketplace. I'm 25 years old, I'm working for New Horizons, and I get offered the opportunity to be a general manager of a health club. My first night being introduced, 75 people in a room like this, president, vice president right there. Remember, it's at work. I'm 25 years old. It's my first really good job, and I'm going to get paid really good to do it. I'm pretty excited. And as I'm getting ready to be introduced at 7 o'clock on a Sunday night, I have a sense right here, somewhere between my chest and my belly button, with a question. I know it's the Holy Spirit. Will you put me first? No, come on. No, not come on. Not here. These guys might fire me. You're not going to believe the end of the story. That's why I'm taking a second to explain this. But that's really what I felt. So I'm not this far over, kind of working my way up this way. I sense it two or three times, two for sure. Will you put me first? So I get introduced. I walk to the front. They dah, 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 hand me the microphone. I said, well, I don't really know how to do this or what to say to you. But before I do anything, I'm talking to my staff. That's gonna, I'm going to be supervising them tomorrow. I haven't met any of them yet. Before I say anything else, I'd like to take a minute and put God first. I ducked my head down, and I started to say the the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. Do you know how long that prayer is? It's <laughs> about a day and a half oh, long, and that's funny. Terrible! <laughs> I couldn't yeah. talk fast enough. I don't know if I was speaking in tongues or what. I was <laughs> ripping through it. So nothing unusual happened. Nobody freaked out. They didn't fire me. I tell you what did happen to me. and i don't know how to say it but it's almost as though there was like a deposit put in my heart i i knew that pleased god that was really hard for me to do and nobody else knew it and i didn't have to do it and no one would have known right except i fell in love with him and i don't want to honor him except everywhere i go i'm not embarrassed of jesus christ I'm not embarrassed of Jesus Christ in any bank board meeting at all. As a matter of fact, I speak about Jesus Christ when I go in to get multi-multi-multi-million dollar loans. And I'll tell you what happens. When I get done in a boardroom talking about my faith with Jesus Christ and my relationship with people, you know what the bankers do? They line up to the head banker and say, we're in, put us in, we're in, put us in, we're in, put us in. And you, that's how it works. I'm not embarrassed of Jesus Christ at all, anywhere. And quite frankly, the world has nothing I want anyway. My peace comes from Jesus Christ. My navigation comes from the prophetic voice of Jesus Christ. My protective cover comes from the priestly anointing of Jesus Christ on my life with my pastor. I don't ever want us to talk negatively about our pastors. Who am I to touch the Lord's anointed? Who am I to speak against the Lord's anointed? I want the cover of my pastor. Deposit in my heart. Nothing weird happened. Time to go back to work. See you guys tomorrow morning. I said a couple upbeat comments, and I'm done with that night.
1: So, Dave uh, is part of that club for several years. And then, Holy Spirit just reveals to Dave that he probably shouldn't be associated with that club for reasons that we won't go into. And so, he leaves that club. And uh, the Lord had led Dave to a a good friend of his dad's, and uh, he happened to know of a club here on the east side of Madison that had just closed, just gone under. And uh, so he began to talk to his dad's friend, um, who was a real estate developer, uh, about maybe reopening that club that had just closed, just gone under. And uh, so to make a very long story short, um, that gentleman by the name of Don decided to go in with Dave. Uh, he provided the finances, Dave provided the hard work, and they opened up this club, the, the East Side Club. And eventually that club became known as the East Side Princeton Club. Um, and they worked really, really hard, and for a number of years, that club, through just grit and hard work and God's anointing catch those three things: grit, hard work, God's anointing, God just blessed it. So
0: you guys. You know the East Side Princeton Club? When that happened, then I thought at 27-ish years old, whatever I was at the time, you know what? It would really be cool. Let's go to the west side of Madison and open up a club on the west side. And I actually thought God told me to do it in my heart. I thought I should go navigate through that. So I go up to the other side of town, and I meet these two older gentlemen that were friends of my partner, and they had a health club on the west side of Madison. This is really what happened. And nobody knows... I've never told these stories publicly before. They're, my daughter is writing a book, and it'll be in the book, and it'll be the details that I don't have time to share. But this is a real story and a true story in Madison, Wisconsin, how this happened. So I went to the other side of town, and I started having conversations. And it was simply the first meeting was, you know... we got a club on the east side you know my partner you're on this side I'd rather not compete against you but I love this business I want to have a club on both sides of town would you guys entertain the idea of maybe selling to us well after several meetings we got to the point where yeah we got a deal it was going to be about a million dollars in cash it was going to be uh, and sign a lease with them and then we would have a club on both sides of town I was so excited you guys I couldn't believe it I mean this is my dream come true so, all the paperwork is done. Here's the hardest part of this whole thing. I'm going to the closing, and I'm going up to, uh, and my dream is there. All I gotta do is sign my name, and it's a done t- And I didn't even really have to have any money because I was a young guy, and the other guys were helping financially. So think about this. I'm gonna have a club on the east side and the west side, and everyone's gonna know Princeton Club, and I'm young. I'm like my, almost my nephew Josh's age. I mean, I'm a, still a young man. And so I'm coming off the elevator on the second floor of the bank, and I take a step off the elevator, and right here, somewhere between my chest and my belly button, I hear stop. And it wasn't stop like it was stop, like your kids are running in the street and a truck is coming. Stop. Now I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I, and no one knows this except me. And I'm thinking, am I losing my mind? I mean, come on. Well, there's an enemy. Maybe my destiny's right inside that room. I can see the stack of papers right there. All I got to do is walk in there and sign, and it's done. And no one saw this. No one heard this. What do you do? What would you do? I'll tell you what I wanted to do. I wanted to go, "Eh, and that was just the tacos. That was just not the Lord. Except if you want to follow Jesus Christ, you have to obey him, period. You have to obey. You're not nuts. He's a father that loves you. He's a coach. He's the greatest of all time. And he wants to see you succeed. He wants to see you succeed. He's for you.
1: Even in the marketplace. He
0: is for you. You, exactly. He's for you, Pastor. He's for you, Mark. He's for you. Amen. But there's a prerequisite. A, you need to know him as your Lord and Savior, and B, yeah. obey. Okay, that's the hard part. I don't want to obey right now. I want to walk in the room and sign my name and then brag about I'm the hottest young guy in the city and I got both health clubs and la rah, 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 rah. Except I can't do that, because somewhere along the line, I fell in love with this guy named Jesus Christ, and he moved my heart to the point where, you know what, I'll make an idiot out of myself if you want. I'm going to stand in front of my my whole staff and say the Lord's Prayer. Well, that's not that big a deal, but it was hard. I fell in love with him. I got to walk in this room, and if I don't sign those papers and I explain what's really going on inside of me right now, they're going to look at me like, you're a nut. And worse than that, I'm a young businessman in a city, and I'm going to destroy my business relationship in the city, because the accountants were in there, the attorneys were in there, and some of the heavy hitters in the city were in there in business. I got to walk in and do something I don't want to do.
1: You have to be obedient, and interestingly enough... So many of us find ourselves right now in situations where we feel like, oh my goodness, like I I believe that God has something for me. And we're beginning to walk into that. And then Holy Spirit says to us, will you obey? And it's this crucible moment. It's a crucible moment. Will we obey? Will we listen? Will we be obedient? Even though it makes no sense, even when we can see our destiny right there, will we obey? And God told you, no. And so, yeah, my choice was I could not
0: pretend like I heard nothing. I could pretend like I heard nothing, or I could just go in and sign, or I could obey. So I have to walk in in front of these people and say, I don't know what to tell you except I pray about things before I do them. And for some reason, I'm not supposed to do this deal today. Okay, this isn't, wasn't in church on Sunday morning. This is out in business land, and it's serious stuff and everybody paid a whole bunch of money to get these documents together. And here's the guy that started the whole thing saying, I'm not gonna do this right now. They were mad. If looks could kill, I wouldn't be standing here today. They were furious and you would have been too, right? Anybody ever been to a closing and they walked out at the last moment? You're like, you can't believe it? That's what happened. So now I have to go kind of grovel and walk out. I think I walked out the door backwards i'm not sure but and i have to go back across town and i'm i'm just frustrated i'm like what the heck i, I thought did i miss god that bad how could i miss god that bad i thought i was doing things right i thought i was supposed to be walking this out i thought lord you led me to this side of town how? and i was actually kind of hurt mm-hmm. I, I was i was frustrated I, I don't, know, I don't know if I was bitter, but I was just like, come on, I don't know you that way. You, you bring me right up to the edge. My dream, my destiny is right there, and you stop? You tell me don't? That killed me.
1: And yet, so often, the Father has things for us that if we'll trust him, even in those difficult moments of obedience, he'll then open doors for us in the long run. So
0: Here's what really happens. So I leave and I go back to the other side of town. I start working the East Side Health Club again, and we grow it, grow it, grow it exactly what happens one year goes by the phone rings it's Don Evans my partner to helped me financially he said David are you sitting down and I said well yeah as a matter of fact I am because back in that day and time the phone was connected to a curly thing to a wall <laughs> anybody know what I'm th- yeah you know
1: <laughs> these kids don't know what we're talking they don't about. have any idea
0: we didn't know we didn't have Google we didn't have any no. of that stuff I said yeah I am um What's up? He goes, you're not going to believe what just happened. He said, "Uh, Jerry Ring and Jerry Dome just walked out of my office. They're getting out of the health club business. Those are the two guys that own the center, the landlords, that own the center on the west side of Madison that I had been in the office of a year earlier and had to walk out kind of backwards, sort of embarrassed with my tail between my legs. (laughs) But all I had was I obeyed. That was it. Other than that, I wasn't too happy. Those guys just left Don's office. They said, Don, if you guys will come over and take this club over, we're gonna hand you the keys to the front door. We're out of the health club business. We don't want to do it anymore. You guys know what you're doing. Here's the key to the front door. They gave me the health club. I'm not kidding. No tricks, no nothing. Lease rate was the same lease rate internally. The million dollars that we had discussed a year earlier, nothing. Here's the keys to the front door. I was so blown away by who my father is. Like, how did you do? In my wildest dream, I never thought that could happen. And as I'm pondering and thinking about who he is and thanking God for what happened, the city doesn't even know this yet. All of a sudden, it dawned on me. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is the same health club that I was standing on when I was 25 years old on a platform in front of 75 people I didn't know. And I said, I want to try to put you first because I love you. So here's what I'm going to do. I don't know how to do this. Our Father, which art in heaven. God gave me the keys to the front door of the exact same health club. He gave me
1: the whole health club.
0: Hmm.
1: So here's what's interesting is that that Westside Club the West Side Princeton Club, ended up becoming, Dave has often used the word, a well that has sprung up that ended up, has ended up blessing so many things in Madison. One of those things that God ended up blessing the city of Madison with was a citywide crusade. And uh, the citywide crusade took place in uh, 1999. And there was just this powerful thing that happened. And I think it would be cool for you to tell about huh, how Pastor Heckman asked you to be involved. in. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you have that well, like Pastor said, and so there's some resources and things like that. Okay, So you have some money to be able to do some things. But that wasn't what this part was about at that stage. Pastor Heckman, my local pastor here at this church, many of you recognize him and his name. He asked me if I would be interested in being the chairman of a citywide crusade. At which I immediately said no to. <laughs> I don't, no, I don't know anything about that. I don't know how to do anything like that. He goes, David, I, I think you would be good at this. Just pray about it. I said, okay, I, I promise I'll do that. So I went home, talked to my wife about it. I thought, I'm going to go see this, this guy named Lowell Lundstrom up in Minnesota before he has, ever hears who I am. So I, I'm going to drive up there on, on a Sunday morning and sit in the back of the church and listen to them see what the guys really like i was going to scope them out all right so the sunday morning i'm supposed to get up and go i sense the holy spirit says don't just stay home go to church so i came to church here i came down at the end of service and i asked for prayer and bernie norland godly man bernie norland his wife donna was right here and they said i said pastor heckman asked if i would da-da-da. they said yes we'll pray for you of course come here And they, Bernie Norland put his arm around my shoulders like this, and the presence of God fell on all of us. (laughs) I'm telling you what, man, you don't make this stuff up. When it happens, it happens. I'm I'm a healthy, normal, pretty normal person, (laughs) and when the Spirit of God comes on you, you, there's just no, you know, something just happened. Well, Pastor Norland is weeping, 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 tears dripping down my neck. And I'm crying. And I've never cried in public in my entire life until right there that day. Well, I, I knew you had my attention now, Lord. Hmm. So I went home, and on, on in the afternoon, I would leave work for a little bit, and I would go sit in my prayer room and ask God, okay, what do you want me to do? So that was my first anointing. Hmm. That anointing took place because my local pastor asked me if I would consider something. Then I came to my other pastor inside my local church, and they're saying, I want to pray for you, and the anointing comes from my local pastor. I think it's very interesting that the anointing comes from within the local church through the priestly pastoral office over me. I'm not the rebellious guy. I'm not the guy that goes, hey, you know what, pastor, you just don't understand guys like me, so bless you. I'm gonna go do my own but bless you, I'm gonna go do my own thing. And I go out here, that guy that does what I just did right there, that thing will blow up in six months to six years. It'll be a disaster. People will get hurt, they'll get destroyed because there's no pastoral covering. A pastor's a shepherd, he keeps the sheep safe. I don't do that. So I came back here to Pastor Norlin, he anointed me through the Lord, I went to pray. Here's what I hear. The first time I'm sitting in a chair in my prayer room, we call it, it sounds so holy prayer room. It's a room off our bedroom that looked over the woods. It's a nice room. So I'm sitting on the floor, and, it's, and my heart posture is, Lord, I want to hear from you. And here's what I hear in a sense: Reggie White. Yeah, right.
1: Think for those of you who are too young. Think LeBron James. Okay, let me <laughs> translate. Think. Yeah, yeah, okay, so. All right, so now
0: you don't have Google. You don't have Google. How do you get a hold of Reggie White? And was that even the Lord? I mean, really? All right, here's what happens. I call up my brother Ted again, and I say, hey, uh, I, I'm trying to think of a way to draw the pastors together, and I think the Lord might want to have Reggie White come here. I don't know. And I'm just sort of testing the water with this. And Ted goes, well, um, Sandra Wood this Sanderwood that sits right here and worships, that wrote, "I worship you, Almighty God." that's Sanderwood, and her husband John, and daughter Candace, Sanderwood says, "Well, um, Ted says Sanderwood knows Reggie's agent." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, really? Seriously? You know? Because I have no... Now I'm starting to think, is this really what God wants? It maybe I don't know." You ever been in that case where you're just kind of like stepping forward like this in faith and you feel like you're going to hit your forehead on a metal steel beam? That's what it felt like. Like, is this really? I'm not kidding. By the time I found out who Sandra Wood was, because I'd never met her, I was going to go over here to this school. Ted had already called her. I finally met Sandra Wood for the first time. She wasn't there that day. By the time I met her, I got a phone call. Hey, Dave, yeah, this is Sandra Wood. Um, oh, hi, I was hoping I could meet you. Um, could I, I got something I want to talk to you about. Oh, I already know that. Your brother called me. I already called Vaso, Reggie's bodyguard. Vaso already called Reggie. Reggie's in his RV traveling across the southwest of the United States. He said the second he heard that there's a businessman in the city that wants to gather the pastors together for evangelical outreach, he said, that's the Lord, I'll be there. Before I would
1: even asked her the question, Reggie White said, I will be there. So because of time, we're, we're going to pass. So Reggie White comes, and there's this gathering of pastors, and there's unity. And all, all I would say is just that and that unity happened actually a year before I moved here. Um, but what happened then is that had never happened before. Where the, where the pastors of the region of Madison, Dane County, came together and prayed together and believed God together. That had never happened before. And the book of Psalms, uh, Psalms 133 says, uh, when, you know, how good it is when brothers dwell together in unity because there the Lord commands a blessing. And so because... Catch this—a marketplace person called pastors together because God was using a marketplace person to do that. This beautiful anointing. Then, then the pastors come together. That was great time with Reggie White, and then they agree that they're going to be part of this crusade that's going to happen. That's going to be paid for by a marketplace individual. That's how this is going to happen in supernatural ways, and then that crusade happens. And so talk to us about, yeah.
0: I'll I'll finish with this because we'd really only have a couple more minutes. Um, 1,479 people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ in the Dane County Coliseum (laughs) in two hours, four nights. 1,479 people because it was done the way God said to do it. And prophetically it was done that way because the information I was given, I followed and obeyed and I did it the way he wanted here, here, why am I telling you this today, okay? I'm telling you this because about 10% of the church is actually functioning. The rest of the 90% of us show up. Let, let me put it this way. Basketball, football. Football starts Thursday night, Woo, finally, okay? When I come to local church, I would be around Tom Flaherty. I would be around Chris. I would be around Pastor Heckman, Pastor and I love being around him because they're great athletes, they're great at what they do, spiritual giants, they're great guys, I love being around them. But the longer I hang out with them, the more I realize I'm not called to be a pastor. I would be a terrible pastor. I I do not want to wipe your nose, I don't want to clean up your messes at home, I would be terrible at it. I would be like, toughen up, get over it. So I'm not that guy. You're not either. That's why I'm talking to you you're like me you're outside the four walls you come in here and you huddle up but then ready break you go back out to your positions the more and more I was around a pastor the more I realized I love him but I'm not, that's not me I was called to the marketplace but I felt guilty because if I was really holy probably what I would do is surrender my business and I would go to Africa and I would be a missionary sounds really good problem is, if I was really holy, I would do exactly what Jesus Christ died for Mm -hmm. me to do and Mm -hmm. exactly where he positioned me to function. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. I account to no other man except Jesus Christ. He died for me. Any of you die for me? I didn't think so. He died for me. I want to serve him. I want to honor him. He called me to the business realm. So what it looked like for me was, I want to be with you guys, except I need somebody to tear this off the top of me. Like Pastor Tom said after first service, he said, open heaven above me because I feel weighted down. I feel like I got to run kind of, like it's like this. Number one grade maple floor in the gym. You ever try to run on that floor with football cleats on? I can do it, but I can't run very fast.
1: What happens though when a pastor says to you, hey, you're not supposed to be playing basketball anyways, walks you to the end of the gym, opens that door, and what do you see?
0: Do You know when my cleats hit the turf in the city of Madison because they swung the back door of the gym open, the back door of this church open, the side wall of this church, and they swung it open? You know what happens when I look in the window as I'm going past and I see that I have a football helmet on and shoulder pads on and cleats? Do you know how fast you and I can run out there in the turf? Do you know how hard we can hit things? Do you know how the helmet can strike and tear down strongholds in the city? Do you know how aggressive we can be out there, outside the four walls? If we would be released from in here, sent out there, which is exactly what the Bible talks about, we can accomplish all kinds of things in the city. Not on your own anointed and released by your pastor and sent out. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I've done. And that's why I'm here today is talking to you about that, to be released that way.
1: Yeah, and so many of you here this morning, God has destined you and he's given you abilities to be a mechanic, to be a bus driver, to be uh, a dental hygienist, to be a doctor, to be a lawyer, to be whatever the gifts are that God has given you and that he placed inside of you from the time you were a little girl or a little boy. And you've thought, well, you know, I've got my church life and I've got my, my marketplace life, and the two never combine. And what Holy Spirit desperately wants to say to you this morning is no, no, no I've destined you to run in the marketplace. I've destined you to be my person, my agent in the marketplace. Go and run. Go do what I created and wanted you to. Go fulfill the destiny that I placed in your life to fulfill. And part of the reason you're frustrated, part of the reason why you haven't really started living yet is because you didn't, you've been waiting for someone to unleash you into the the calling of God that's been on your life for years, but you just haven't fully lived into it. And this morning the pastors are going to pray for you and our heart is that you would be fully released Least into all that Jesus has for you in the marketplace. Because there are amazing things that can happen. I want to say one last thing, and that's this. Because of the work that I do, I happen to know, and we talked just a few minutes ago about 1,479 people coming to Christ over a four night period, right? Um, I'll let you know that well over $2 million has been spent in Madison to plant churches that no longer exist. That's a true stat. I know that for a fact. So sometimes, and churches are awesome. I told you before that I've been a fan of this church for over 20 years. I'm, I'm thrilled for the local church. I believe in the local church. I give my life for the local church. But I'll tell you this much. It, there are times when God desperately wants to work, not through the pastor office, not the church, but through marketplace people. In one night, or two nights, or four nights, fourteen hundred and and seventy nine people came to Christ. In four nights, God did that. When the church over here is trying to plant churches and spending $2 million for churches that no longer exist. Why does that happen? Because there's an anointing on Dave's life to run in the marketplace. And to do things for God, with God, in the marketplace. And there's an anointing on your guys' life to run in the marketplace, and to be his woman and be his man in the marketplace. Go do that. Go do that.